We should. We should. We should. <clears throat> All right. So we're just going to start. Uh, we have already started. We've already started. Yes. Uh, we were excited to talk about the Kansas game <sighs> last night. Not as excited as we would be if we had won the game. Uh, Hello, Duke Nation. <laughs> Basketball Nation. This is Mike, and uh, Peter's with me again. Um uh, Peter thought we should uh, say a little bit about who we are, because, you know, why we're doing this podcast. Very briefly, because people probably don't care. Yeah, we were freshman hallmates, uh, Duke 98 grads, and... uh, Pegram. Yeah, Pegram on East Campus is where we met on the first floor, and um, haven't been able to get rid of this guy since. He's been a good friend my whole adult life, and uh, we've been following the team. Yep. Going to tournament games, uh, watching a lot of games together. Final fours. Yeah, all the ups and downs. Our four years as undergrads were, I think, the worst four years. Um, that win yeah. win loss wise, we didn't we didn't go to a final four. Are we the only class that didn't go to a final four? Mm. I remember feeling like we were the only ones. <clears throat> at least for I feel like between O four and two thousand ten. We didn't go, so I'm sure there were others, but um, I think it was more because when we showed up... Uh, uh, oh, 04 to 2010, they didn't go to a Final Four. I'm pretty sure. Those are, those are the DeMarcus Nelson years. Okay. <laughs> we'll have to get our fact checkers on that. Um, but but also, like I remember showing up on campus uh, 1994, seeing these T-shirts, these, you know, uh, T-shirts reading... Uh, Duke has been to seven of the previous nine Final Fours. Five of the six previous national championship games, right? Yeah, it was sort of like Crazy. You know, the Final Fours, the Duke Invitational, and the seven of the previous nine Final Fours, that was more than any other conference, let alone any other team. And so we showed up, you know, we had the Coach K uh, back injury, and Pete Godet was running the team. Um, went I took through, a PE class. Yeah, I remember this. You had a very very strenuous workload. You took PE gym, you took PE golf. Um, But anyway, the last two years were actually pretty good. But then, you know, after we graduated, there was that incredible 1999 team. So we really felt like those were some some lean years there. Although because of that, I think we became sort of more diehard fans. We didn't take things for granted. And like that freshman year where we lost – 14 out of 16 ACC games. It was, it was still incredible. Like the pain, the pain of it, the heartbreak of it is part of, you know, the masochist in me enjoyed it. But but also this, the games were amazing. The players in the ACC right that year, Tim Duncan, Rashid Wallace, Joe Smith, Travis Best, James Forrest, all those guys. Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse, star-studded. We had Cherokee Parks, Eric Meek, Timo, uh, Kenny Blakeney, Jeff Cable. <laughs> and uh, we, had, we had a lot of good players. Yeah. We had a lot of talent on the team. But you know, we just fell short. Like, every game went to overtime, and we lost at the buzzer. Yeah, I do, I do, I do remember a lot of those losses were close. Um, you know, but we were still a top-ten team. I think we were the seventh-ranked team when Coach K went down with that back injury. So... Maybe his coaching really is valuable. Well, it shows you <clears throat> that success 
you know, in a competitive, top competitive conference is like, it's, it's really on the razor, winning and losing is on the razor's edge. Very little, yeah, I agree. Very little separates winning and losing. Uh, just a few bounces here and there, a few putbacks, you know, crunch time stuff. Right. I don't think Pico did necessarily did anything particularly wrong that year. I mean, he may have even coached up the team well. Like, we, we really don't know. But and I think if you gave Pete, Pete this team, he, he would do pretty well this year with it. We wouldn't go 2-14 and 14 in the ACC. It was just a very, very rough, rough schedule. That was when there was only yeah. nine teams in the ACC. It wasn't, right. There was no expansion. No dilution. But anyhow, uh, yeah. we're, back, we're back still to, over, overcompensating for our, our lack of success while we're at Duke in terms of going to a Final Four. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the caveat to the story is I followed up by going to law school, and I was there until 2001, so my seventh year at Duke. We won the national championship, and I got to celebrate in Cameron when they came home with it, and I had a happy ending. So I was actually there at the Final Four in Minneapolis. There you go. One of my favorite trips ever. There you go. Fifteen years later, we're you know we're still we're still into it. Uh, Loving it. One of us has a life. The other one doesn't. <laughs> I have a lot of time on my hands. I can do a lot of research, look at a lot of numbers. All right. So uh, Duke, Kansas last night. We thought we'd talk about uh, the game, our impressions, some of the things we noticed. Pete, you came in with a big list of uh, topics to talk about. We're going to try to get through it in a reasonable period of time and kind of go through it. Obviously... Very tough loss, very competitive game. Uh, looked like we were going to get out to, you know, jumped on their throats a little early. They got into some early foul trouble. The worm started turning. Didn't really come back, and the pendulum didn't come back in our favor until the end of the game, where we made a pretty valiant run. And, uh, you know, what were your overall impressions? Uh, how disappointed are you? I'm, what, I'm actually, I'm not that disappointed. Um, to be honest, I, I actually feel like, uh, you know, obviously I'm disappointed that we lost, but, uh, I didn't, you know, Kansas is a great team. Uh, like their backcourt's great that, uh, their freshman Josh Jackson was great. Uh, it, and, uh, who's their backup center, the Azuma K kid from, yeah, the big, the big young guy. Yeah, I mean, those two guys, especially Jackson and that guy, I mean, they're going to get so much better, and their guards are so experienced. Um, I just, and I've always loved Bill Self teams. Aduka Azubike. Yeah. yeah, so the fact that we, we can play without our top three NBA talents and compete with them, um, I thought spoke, you know, volumes. Like, when, when we took that 10-point lead and it made it, and it looked like we could maybe stretch it to like 12, 14, 15 points. I thought, wow, maybe we are really good uh, because Kansas is a, an elite team. We were executing at a really high level very early. And we, you know, we can talk about maybe why things started sliding back. Um, they, they had a huge interior advantage, I thought. You know... What I noticed was something we hit upon last week, but we only played six guys, right? Mm-hmm. Despite the foul trouble, despite Grayson Allen at one point going out with a little injury, only six guys came off the bench. Delaria played one minute. 
Jack White didn't play at all. Frank Bush didn't play at all. <clears throat> we have guys that can actually play basketball on the bench. And when you're going against an athletic, deep, energetic team like Kansas, it just felt like, yeah, we played really great in the beginning. Guys started getting a little tired. I think that was part of the story. Um, I, you know, that is, I, I, what do you think? I couldn't agree with you more. Um, absolutely part of the story. If you look at the box score of any college basketball game, you'll never see six guys getting all the playing minutes. It just doesn't happen. And if if the seventh guy were... Particularly if everybody's in foul trouble. It's yeah. Like, it, uh, it, I mean, it was a pretty good juggling act, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and that, was, that, was, that was sort of my concern early in the game, like when uh, Chase Jeter... I mean, there were most people multiple players who got into foul trouble, but especially when, like, Emil and Chase get into foul trouble, then Frank Frank Jackson's going to come in. We're going to play with one big and sort of four wings, and then they're going to out-rebound as they out-rebounders by 10. Um, they second-chance points 18-2 to two on the game. They, right. That's obviously an enormous statistic. Right. And, and, and just, I mean, we're belaboring the point, but, I mean, if, if the seventh guy... For that Kansas game was a walk-on or something like if it was like Justin Robinson, like I could understand. But you've got Javin Delorier who looks like an athletic beast. He's he's six ten and he's an athlete. Um, obviously, he's not as experienced as Jeter. But let me ask you, like if Delorier had played just ten or fifteen minutes, one, I don't think defensively he's going to be that much worse than Chase Jeter. And secondly, I think Jeter's actually a pretty big liability offensively. I mean. Especially in the second half, when the wing players, you know, couldn't uh, dribble penetrate, they would occasionally um, inbound the ball to him. Uh, I don't think intentionally, but they just sort of had to because they picked up the dribble, and he just got into so much trouble. Like he pretty much never finished. Uh, he went to the line uh, ten times, I think, was it ten times, and he missed half of them. But he had just he wasn't confident. He got blocked a few times once by a guard. Um, well, I'm going to defend Chase Jeter a little bit. I think I actually thought he played pretty well. Yeah, I mean, yeah he. I mean, I, I didn't think he played bad. I thought he played a great first half, um, and he was making plays sprinkled in throughout the second half. But what I'm saying is, would would the caliber of the post play have dropped a lot if Delorier had been in? Right. He's not. He's not all world, Chase Jeter. I, no, you know, none of these guys are are good enough that they have to play all 40 minutes. But even if they were, wouldn't they be more effective if they played 32? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. we well, saw Josh Jackson go to the bench, and when he comes back into the game, he's got all the energy in the world. And obviously, we'll get into his attitude. But, he, you know, the guards, too, on Kansas' team, and Frank Mason had to sit for a few minutes with some, you know, some foul issues. When he came back, he had energy. Although he still played 35 minutes. Looks like Grayson Allen only sat out the two minutes where he got injured. Yeah. Matt Jones didn't send out, sit out one minute of the game. Luke Kennard played 35. He did play very well down the stretch. but Yeah, it's the, it's the ripple effect. It's not so much that I'm advocating Deloria should play because he's good or because his playing quality, like his level will be as high as Jeter's. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... I'm speaking to the ripple effect. Like, let's say Delorier had played 10 or 15 minutes. That means uh, Grayson and Matt Jones can sit, like, maybe five or six minutes. 
And if you looked at the end of the game, there was uh, with maybe like three or four minutes, Grayson had a had a drive to the basket, which he made, but he sort of came down weird, and he was limping limping back to play defense. And I wasn't sure if it was because like he mildly sprained an ankle or if, if he was cramping up. And when we tied the game, and Bill Self called the timeout, when the Duke guys went over to sit down for the for the bench, you could see Matt Jones is just completely gassed. Like he could he could barely carry himself to the bench. And 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 then when when he came back, he's guarding uh, Frank Mason for the for the final shot, having played all forty minutes. And we know how Grayson Allen plays. Like he just plays all out. You know, like he doesn't hold anything back. It's going to be pretty tough to do that for all 40 minutes if you play 40 minutes of that game. You know, um, I just think... Yeah, these guys don't want to ever come out of the game. Yeah. Sam probably never wants to come out. For sure, for sure. But there's going to be a drop-off in play. Like, somebody has to ask Coach K, look, if Grayson Allen played 34, 35, or 36 minutes a game, do you think his overall quality of play would be better than if he played 40 minutes, you know? Coach K obviously doesn't agree. <laughs> Because he does this every year with guys. He did uh, with Grayson Allen last year. He played all 40 minutes routinely. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't seem optimal to me. Right. But, you know, and Coach it, K relies on him, and that that feeling of having him in the game feels pretty good, I think. Right. I mean, I, certainly at the end of the game, it, down last the stretch. Night, last night, you know, you know, it was, you know, it was one of Grayson's you know, least impressive performances overall. Very gutty. Yeah, just Obviously, just, just sort of random. His shot wasn't falling down. I, I just feel like it's random. His shooting is going to be fine. But you heard Jay Billis speak to it when uh, I think Devontae Graham was being worked on on the, on the sidelines because he had been cramping up during this game and as well as in Hawaii. He, he touched on the fact that Grayson was also cramping up last year because he was playing so many minutes and his style of play. Yeah, he'll run through walls. You know? Yeah. Well, it, you know that issue aside, uh, the other thing I noticed is uh, Emil Jefferson and Chase Jeter, really good weak side defenders, help defenders, right? When only one of them's in the game, or even when they both are, but especially when only one of them's in the game, uh, they come over to help. They come over to block a shot. It leaves the goal unguarded these offensive rebounds happen putbacks happen uh they obviously had a hard time with that big load of a guy coming off the bench as a bouquet yeah Uh, it seemed like he had gobbled up so many rebounds like from the get-go yeah we had a rebounding yesterday they 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 badly out rebounded us 38 to 29 uh you know they're a tough team and we were we were shorthanded inside but uh you know do you want to go through a couple of um Couple of the notes uh, that you that you came in with me, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll start from the top. The, my, the first thing I noticed, like getting back getting back into some of the, just the details we noticed during the game, uh, you know, Coach K and um, Bill Self come out and they're forced to do this interview right before tip off, like thirty seconds before tip off. Instead of talking to their teams, they both look like they're in complete pain. Well, sp- Coach K especially. You know, he's obviously agreed to this. Yeah. And I just felt awful for everybody involved, including me, having to watch him, like, make some political statement about how good both teams are. It's going to be a great game. And 
Bill Self the same. It's like, come on, you know, you're taking away from the intensity of the of the competition, uh, like uh, making these guys into clown shows. Yeah, I mean, but college basketball is a billion dollar business. It's a billion dollar business because of ESPN. If if they want that, then you got to give it to them. Why don't they just have a mom wrestle at center court for the game? Like, what, what is the point? What is the point? Right? Um, okay. You know, Robert De Niro doesn't like make an advertisement before before The Godfather. They put the, pop that on the screen. It's like, what are you doing? You know, these guys are supposed to be serious, competitive, and stoic, and it's just. Uh, I don't. I mean, weird I heard bonanza time. I thought it was a, I thought it was a little bit uh, uncomfortable, but I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Like, you know, it's just a quick little soundbite interview. Neither of them re- were really that into it, and then it was it was just flat. Yeah, I, I hope they, they stop doing it. <laughs> what did you What did you think about uh, the suits that that our guys were in on the bench? I they look good. They look good. Um, they look too good. I thought poor optics. Poor optics. They they, they, look, they look like they're in, uh, you know, tailored suits, expensive suits. They had expensive shoes on. <laughs> like, what do you? What is that bad for? Bad for recruiting? I think that's. I think that's a bad optic uh, for all the the Duke haters out there. They don't look you like they're having fun. We we know that there are a lot of Duke haters, uh, but like a lot of these guys are in expensive suits, expensive shoes. Where do they get that? You know, like I just didn't think it looked. Looked great. I mean, usually injured players are just in street clothes, like sort of like nice clothes, but not expensive. It is weird. It was like there was uh, somebody, somebody got them those suits, or somebody told them exactly where to go. They were all identical. I'm not sure. Every you know, a lot of dark suits look alike, but they they seem pretty identical. Jisola said it was like they, were, they were in a band or something, right? Oh, I mean, my <laughs> initial impression was that they were like Mormons on a mission. You know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, and there was Sean Obi. I didn't even know he was injured again. Uh, I, I feel bad for Sean Obi. I mean, yeah, he had to yeah. sit out a year for a transfer, and right. apparently, he was pretty good in practice last year. They never really disclosed injury. Everybody's wondering, yeah. why don't they put Sean Obi in? We could use some rebounding, right? You know, we could have used Sean Obi last night for sure, or or uh, that guy Javon Delaria. I hear D- he might Delaria be or or Brandovich. Um, and it's just like, just stick those guys in for 10 minutes. That, maybe, mean, that means... Maybe they should just know. put them in suits. You know, just put the, <laughs> the whole bench of suits I mean, only dress six guys. Because it's literally like if you didn't play in the McDonald's High School All-American game, then you're not going to be playing in big-time games. You know, that's that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, they didn't play him against Grand Canyon. That wasn't a big-time game. But, yeah, yeah I, I, perhaps yeah. he's he's really messing up in practice on defense, and he would be like a total train wreck, and we don't know it, you know. That's uh, not always possible. But it does seem like when these guys get their chance, they, they're usually kind of okay. Um, I also thought, since we're on the clothes topic, I also thought Nolan Smith had some mad sock game. Um, you never see Coach K in a sock like that, but they're very colorful, very, very young and hip socks. I didn't notice. Something to keep, up, keep your eye on, uh, eye on for the upcoming games well if we can find a uh, screenshot of Nolan Smith socks we'll put it on the uh, put it on the website website's coming <laughs> to basketballjunkies.com all the pictures of socks you want and need you know from the coaching staff website name is open domain name is open it is registered okay it is, it is registered yeah. um, 
What other? Uh, what did you think of Jay Bills' commentary? What did you think of the refs? I mean, the refs are a huge factor here. Um, I, I I thought they were. The game was called way way too close. I mean, play was stopped so much. Um, but again, like the it was it was called close for both teams, so both teams have to adjust. Like both Kansas and Duke were in foul trouble, um, and I, I I think one of the announcers said that you know these were all points of emphasis. So both teams knew ahead of, ahead of time. They just thought the point of emphasis here is to ruin ruin marquee matchups on national TV by uh, the refs not letting the kids play at all. It was like uh, they're going to call a foul on the, the tip off, you know, for for touching somebody. Yeah, I mean, I, I can certainly see in a worst case scenario that we have to play Delorier and Drankovic yep. and White, but. You know, part of me was thinking, "Oh, great! Now he's going to have to play those guys." But you know, he didn't. I mean, they all managed to stay in the game. I guess Emil Jefferson fouled out uh, towards the very end. Says so in the box score. I don't. Yes, he fouled out. Yeah, and and actually, uh, that was another um, two two things struck me. Um, I love college basketball. I love it's. I love that it's starting up again. I love that there are marquee matchups early in the season. Um, but I know a lot of people don't like college basketball because it's so slow and um, there's no continuity to the teams. You know, people jump to the NBA after one or two years. And I think one of the the, the big picture things that um, powers that be wanted to address was just pace of play. So one, uh, when Emil Jefferson fouled out, I was completely expecting like a, like an unofficial timeout. I mean, typically when a guy fouls out, all the Duke players go to Coach K, and he has like an unofficial timeout that didn't take place. So well, that's that's something he's he always has his players take advantage of, like chances to huddle, like between free throws, like like you know, I think Duke has slowed down some games. Yeah, but with their, with their I, I, I think they're within the rules. It's not when, supposed when, to be a timeout. When a player from either team fouls out, I mean, I think you can pretty much take whatever 30, 45 seconds to talk to your team. Yeah, well, I, bl- I believe that's the case. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't know. I always thought they were just sort of like taking all the opportunities to talk to each other as much as they can with or without the coach, which is one of the points of emphasis is the communication on the court. Yeah. But you're talking about actually coming over to Coach K, talking for 20, 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, so a, like, a, 30, like a 30 second timeout, but they didn't do it this time. So I'm, I'm guessing that the NCAA sort of addressed that and say, hey, we need to play faster. And on that note, um, I feel like Coach K used his second last timeout with four minutes, 30 seconds left in the game. We come back, and then there's like a stoppage in play with like three minutes, 40 seconds left. I was totally expecting a TV timeout, but there, was, there wasn't there was a TV timeout the rest of the way. Um, so I I didn't know. I felt like, is there another special weird rule where they're just trying to speed up the game? Hmm. I don't know. Something to keep an eye out for. I don't know. In future games. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. Um, back to the game itself. Uh, one note I wanted to mention was just the amount of dribbling, the amount of like time the ball was just in Grayson Allen's or Luke Kennard's hands, mm-hmm. and they're both very ball dominant. With you know when they get the ball and they decide they're the ones who are going to make something happen, they're, they're very good at dishing when they need to. Yeah. Um, but both of them sort of do the same thing. It's like one or the other is going to be ball dominant, most likely make a move towards driving into the lane, penetrating it, and then doing something, which is fine. 
Right. But like the two of them on the court together, it's it's a little redundant almost, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I do feel like they share very much the same skill set. Um, and with the guys that we have healthy and the guys that are playing, Chase Jeter, Emil, and um, Matt Jones are all sort of uh, more reserved in their role. They're not as assertive. Offensively. Yeah. They're, yeah. Not, they're not ball dominant. So you had two guys, you know, two ball dominant guys, three guys sort of waiting to get passes. And I think the, the offense was a little predictable. And I think, I think it was most effective when Emil Jefferson stepped up and got a little more aggressive on, on offense. And at the very end when <clears throat> Frank Jackson got more involved. But what yeah, I think like the middle 25, 30 minutes of the game was somewhat unsuccessful on offense, partly because it was clear what we were going to do. One of those two guys was going to do something like that, and they had a, they knew sort of how they had to hedge, and it was, was they made it tough for them. Uh, I think that'll be addressed later in the season when we have other superstars coming in, right? Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully they're back. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I think Frank Jackson probably presents a slightly different type of offensive player. Uh, he was probably like a little too reserved, like he. He wasn't. He was deferring to these guys too much. Which yeah, happens I was. A lot, you know, I, I was. I was sort of su- surprised. Like uh, Frank Jackson checked in early when I can't remember if it was Emil or Chase who got into foul trouble. But he, he, he played thirty minutes. Yeah. But I don't remember him taking a shot. I, I remember my hopes. Minutes, I remember yeah. my hopes getting up. Like when he checked into the game, I was like, "Okay, Frank, <laughs> this is your moment to shine. Do something great." And he really was sort of, you know, like you said, he was sort of invisible for the first. 35 minutes of the game, um, he only took five shots, even though he played 30 minutes. And I mean, he was had a big assignment on defense, guarding their, the, you know, switching between their guys. But right. yeah, on offense, right. it, they weren't looking to him, and he wasn't looking. When he did get the ball, he would just quickly kind of pass it. Yeah, he wasn't creating. I mean, he struggled a little bit. I remember he had a like a like a high degree of difficulty crossover, which bounced off his uh, foot and was a turnover. So, I mean, he didn't really get things going, uh, but clearly at the end of the game, you know, he had that three-point shot and one, and then he had the three-point shot that tied the game. Both incredible. Yeah, but, I mean, he's a, he's a great shooter. Um, he, he can penetrate also, but like you said, um, typically the ball's in Grayson's hand or Luke's hand, and I thought they both did a really good job. I mean, Luke had a fantastic game, um, and he had some very impressive uh, assists in the first half. In particular, I, I think both he and Grayson did. You know, a few of them weren't actually finished off um, because the bigs were either missed it or they got fouled. But they had some impressive entry passes. Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I don't mind that the ball is in Grayson's hands or or Luke's hands. Um, I'm not sure it becomes too predictable because well, against a team like last year's Kentucky game, this yeah. game against a deep, athletic, versatile defensive team. It becomes a problem. The help defense is better. You know, they can step up to a Grayson Allen and he can't just overpower him or outquick him. You know, or draw, he tries draw to draw the cheap fouls. Yeah. It, you know, Luke Kennard's using craft or, yeah. or Grayson Allen's trying to use physical force and it it works against weaker opponents or most most opponents all year. But um, you know, I think the same thing will happen. Last year he only had one game like that, it was just Kentucky. So Hopefully he'll make a correction and sort of not feel like he has to put it all on his shoulders, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, I could mean, see Superman. It could. I mean, it could just be variance. It could just be his shot wasn't falling. We also don't know. Like he could have a lingering shoulder issue. There, there could be an issue mm-hmm. there. Um, but I'm still fine with Grayson either shooting from the outside or faking like he's going to shoot from the outside and then penetrating and then either finishing or, you know, he, he had some beautiful dishes to, uh, yeah, I mean, they're great offensive creators. I'm not, not saying they're not, but it just felt like for a stretch, they were the only ones doing it. Um, I guess Emil Jefferson had seven turnovers in the game. He walked at least two two or three times. Yeah. Uh, um, they're really quick with the the traveling calls in this game. I mean, I've never seen so many traveling calls in a, in a, in a game. It must have been twelve of them, fifteen of them. Yeah, the, there were definitely some quick whistles uh, for for both teams. You know, like I think both yeah, it wasn't teams just were the fouls. Frustrated. It wasn't just the fouls. It was um, the, the travels. Yeah, too. I felt both Chase and Emil. Um, Emil had a very good game, I thought, offensively and all around. But I thought both Chase and Emil, especially in the second half, like when they got the ball uh, down low, they they sort of like. They, they lost the ball. Um, I mean, Chase Jeter especially. All right, so one other note. Uh, I think you mentioned this last year during a game, and you made note of it today. Uh, Grayson Allen shooting the technical free throws instead of Luke Kennard. He's a lower percentage Yeah, shooter. it's just, it's just uh, you know, I love Coach K. He's probably the greatest coach of all time, but, you know, one guy's an 89% free throw shooter. The other guy's an 84% free throw shooter. You're you're sacrificing a little bit there. I don't know why you would do that unless you think Luke's 89% isn't representative of his shooting form. Like, but but it is. He's a great shooter. When I was 11, I was on a travel basketball team, mm-hmm. and it was run by these two coaches. They were buddies. They weren't the fathers of any players, and they had been to a Bobby Knight coaching clinic, and they, you know, I know. Coach K coached under Bobby Knight, so obviously it's exactly the same thing. So these guys had certain motivational tactics, and one of the things they did in practice was they let one guy take the free throw to stop the suicides, right? <laughs> yeah. You sink two free throws in a row, no suicides right. today. Right. You don't, we're running suicides. We're all exhausted. Five to ten minutes later, who wants to take the free throws? That's like a leadership test. And I wonder if that's what it is. Like Grayson Allen wants the ball. He's the leader. They're not going to give it to Luke Kennard, who's not the alpha, not like the complete alpha, right? Like if Christian Leitner had been an 84% free throw shooter and Grant Hill, Hill was 90, Christian Leitner takes the shots, you know, because that was his team. I feel like that's what it's about for Coach K when he makes these kinds of decisions. I, I can totally see Coach K... Thinking like that and doing that, um, I just feel like it's just the simple math. If 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 uh, Grayson takes a hundred technical free throw shots, he's gonna miss sixteen of them. It's just a and, small mistake. And Chase Every Jeter, and, and excuse me, and Luke Kennard will miss eleven of them. It's it's simple math. Yeah, you know, especially last night, the Gimpy Gimpy Grayson. Hopefully, Grayson's okay because he's he's the man. Um, I think we we pretty much we pretty much got through it all. Um, the very end we didn't talk about. Uh, you know, I think the one thing we, we could talk about a little bit is just how good Luke Kennard was throughout the game, especially at the end. <clears throat> you know, that comeback was because of him and Frank Jackson hitting those shots. But 
I mean, uh, uh, actually, uh, all of them. You know, Grayson had a couple of drives. He had two drives. Um, we, I, I mean, Luke I, and I was seven of ten from the field, yeah. two of four from three, six of six from the line, five yeah. rebounds. I remember him blocking a shot. He had five assists. But Grayson Allen started off one for twelve. That means he finished three for three. He finished strong. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and I that, mean, that speaks to his shooter's mentality. Like he just feels like every like, and and I'm happy with that. But am I wrong about Luke Kennard not really having like an NBA shot in the future? I mean, is this guy? I I think he could looks deceiving me uh, in terms he's, of like he's, he's six six. He probably lacks a. Uh, I think he's six four, six five, maybe. Okay, but during the game they announced him as six six. Did they? They did. I would be surprised, but but I believe you for right now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that's true. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, he, he probably... Um, I'm not sure what the NBA comp for him is because he's not super quick. He's not right. a leaper. Right. Uh, how does he create his shot at the next level? Uh, we don't need... We, we'll get into this some other day. We'll have to talk about everybody's right. NBA but, prospects But because later. of his maybe lack of athleticism, you know, he's obviously athletic, but... I think he's in, tricky in the, athletic. Yeah, but in the yeah. NBA, he would be considered unathletic. Um, yeah. and, and that would that would hold him back. And, and, and Julio Locafor is considered unathletic in the NBA, right? So, and and I think that's gonna, you know, we would benefit from that because I think he would stay three, four years, probably all four years. Or, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they all stay. You know, hopefully they all stay. Except Emil Jefferson, it's enough. Emil, you know, six years, it's time to time to go. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be right. Years. It wouldn't be right to take his seventh year. As, as <laughs> yeah, he hasn't really been here for six years. That's what they said. That's what Jay Billis said. He did, but I, I think it's been five years. Didn't he have another? He had another. He had another year where he was out. You can't retro. We should do our research. Now, I'm pretty sure it's been five years. I think I'm pretty. I think, I, you, I think Billis misspoke. I think. Uh, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, maybe you're right. Um, uh, other oh, Josh Jackson. Let's talk about Josh Jackson for a yes. second. Yes, we got to throw out the question: Is is uh, is Josh Jack- Jackson a douche? Is he just like uh, like an excitable kid or a complete and total douchebag? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there were I mean, the, his attitude was clearly questionable. There, there were two things. I mean, like if if you're a freshman. Um, you know, I give freshmen pretty wide latitude in terms of being a knucklehead. I mean, when we were freshmen in college, we were knuckleheads. You know, like they're they're just kids, right? They're yeah, but this eight, guy's been on the national old. stage for for a couple of years now. Like he's a top ten recruit. He's projected to go number four in the draft on Draft Express. He knows people are watching. Uh, okay, but he's still a kid. When he gets a foul call, he throws his. Throws his arms up in agony like my uh, two-year-old. Um, but there was that one particular call where you know oh, there's a couple BS yeah, calls where Billis was like that was that shouldn't have been a call and and it's like I don't have a problem with him acting that way. I have a problem with him slapping the ball out of Emil Jefferson's hands in a dead ball situation. I mean that's just a it's bush league and it cost his team. They called it technical. It was a personal foul on him. Um, and his body language yeah. didn't change. It wasn't like a, I'm, I'm sorry I did this. What an idiot. Yeah. He was just mad about, you know, frustrated that, that Emil Jefferson was bodying him up on defense, you know. Right. And, and then he, he ended up coming back in the game and crushing us. Yeah, he had, he had, a, he had a, <laughs> so good for him. He I had mean, a really good, good uh, start in the second half. I mean, every, pretty much everyone in Kansas did. But 
to go back to the question is uh, Jackson a, a douche like I'm always looking out for uh, guys who slap the floor when they play us. You know, Florida State did that. Um, two, they did it two times in a row. He did it after one of the guards did it. It was probably Mason. I don't know if you noticed. It was the second straight possession where they had done that. Someone did it early. Yeah, I thought it was Jackson both times. But you know Duke doesn't own slapping the floor. Yes, I understand it's not patented. Uh, but I, I wonder if he's doing that as sort of like a like an FU. You know, I don't think so. I mean, I I think based on the ball slap out of Emil's hand in dead ball, it wouldn't shock me if that was his intent. Yeah, I mean that's not how I interpreted it. I interpreted he was fired up. They were fired up coming out of the half. Bill Self clearly lit into them about their defense. Yeah, and motivated them. Uh, and I mean, credit to them, they came out and they they played. Really good defense. Yeah, they, they played great. <laughs> we didn't play great, you know, to yeah. start off. Like, I felt like we just uh, threw the ball away three or four consecutive possessions sort of at the top of the key. We just literally just threw the ball away. Yeah, we know? got careless with the ball. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Josh Jackson, one thing mitigating against the he's so young argument, he's uh, he's 19.7 years old according to Draft Express. Okay. So that's pr- that's not young for a okay, freshman. Okay, but we're we're everyone's still a knucklehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's uh, you know, he's considerably older than than a lot of freshmen. So uh, he's inexperienced in okay. you know big time college basketball. Maybe he'll maybe he'll be fine. Maybe he's just a passionate guy, a lot of exuberance. But uh, I don't like the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an issue with the guy. I I feel like. He is is talented. I think he'll he'll get you know only better as the season progresses. How good is uh, Devonte Graham and and uh, Frank Mason? Frank Mason. Frank Mason. They're, they're I, just I, really I, good. Yeah, I love their demeanor. Like uh, when Mason picked up the second early foul, he didn't cry or moan. He just you know he was still mentally in the game. And and for both him and Devonte Graham, like they're just so composed. You know they. They sort of babysat uh, Josh Jackson when he was crying about something. Um, that loose ball. Yeah, they knew. loose ball foul. Like, they just, yeah, they, exactly. They knew he was going to blow up, and yeah. they grabbed him. They, before, you know, during, before he did it. Yeah, I, I mean, I really like the Kansas team. I like the way they play. Yeah, in general, I, I, I love Bill Self teams. I feel like with uh, Mason and Graham, um, in the backcourt, and then if Jackson and uh, Azubike can get better, um, we're looking at a pretty good team. Like it, it wouldn't shock me if if both teams make the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, or even the third weekend of the NCAA tournament. Um, it's a pretty pretty. Kansas good team. should be a top ten team all year, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, a little bit higher, I think. Top, yeah, I mean, top they, six they, or seven. They but that that loss at Indiana was was sort of bad luck. I mean, they lost by four in overtime, but Indiana took. Like so many threes, and they made half of them, or a little bit yeah. more than half, which is not sustainable. Um, so they got a bit unlucky to lose to Indiana, and you know they're going to be a great team. And for us, reinforcements are coming. Yeah. So so Frank again, Jackson, like if if, if Kansas is that good of a team, and our team without those three freshmen, you know, play them down to the wire. I feel like we got a little bit lucky to make it. A tie game at the end, but I thought they clearly outplayed us, and yeah, we got a little lucky at the end to come back. Like I don't, I saw the headline, all-time classic. I don't. It was a really good game. It was a high-level game, yeah. but but 
they I thought they decisively won, and then we almost got really lucky at the end. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, an extra five minutes in overtime would have been awesome. Um, but it was it was a good game. Both teams shot, you know, fifty percent. They had way more shots than us because of the rebounding. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think we'll be we'll be fine. You know, like. What do, you, what do you think about the whole notion that uh, it's good to get that loss out of the way? Because certainly with a team like this, people are going to be sort of ridiculously throwing out the, oh, we're going to go for you know this year. I don't think it matters at this point in the season that much. No. I mean, I think I think it was a really good learning experience. Like a like they could, they're they're going to point back to this game, and they're going to be able to say, we gutted it out at the end. Like they're going to be able to like recall triumph from this game. But they're also going to be able to recall some heartbreak and and dig you know dig from that. So that's good. If they had won the game, it would have been good too, you know. Uh, and they can say the same things to themselves. Wait, wait until we get these guys. Yeah. Wait until Jason Tatum suits up. Wait until you know Bolden comes in. He's playing instead of Chase Jeter or yeah. alongside of him. I feel like you if know, we, you're not if getting we, those if, second chance points. I mean, I mean, forget it. Like, let's say worst case scenario. Uh, Giles is out for the entire season. Even if we get Tatum and Bolton back, I feel like this team's going to be pretty special. I mean, even one of them, you know, even if it's just Bolton. I, I mean, know. I'll take them both. But yeah, we could use Tatum because <laughs> I don't think we've got somebody like Tatum. I did look, if you know, as I mentioned earlier, I looked at Draft Express because I wanted to see how good the Kansas players were, where they were ranked, mm-hmm. and so uh, Josh Jackson they had fourth in this year's draft. Devontae Graham, they had 29th. Yeah, he moved up. Uh, I was surprised after watching the game that Svi Michalik, they had his 30th in this year's draft. He did nothing. He made like one or two nice passes. He was one of five from the field. He only had two points. He played 28 minutes. Uh, he was he, sort he of did, a, He did have a few nice passes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Somebody did a good job on him, or he just didn't get a lot of usage uh, in the game. And what was his what what is he projected to go? Thirtieth in the draft. Okay. Carlton Bragg uh, projected to go twenty fifth in next year's draft. Uh, he's a sophomore, big guy. He didn't do much because he was in foul trouble from like the get go. But also, you have to give Chase Jeter some credit. They were man on man with each other. Yeah. So you know, it's not that Chase Jeter didn't play well at all. No, I think know. I think he had a pretty good game compared to last it's, year. He's okay. playing amazing. I think he had he a pretty s- good game, but if you if you go back and you rewatch the second half, you'll see literally six six buckets he could have converted from within three feet. Well, just him in the rim. He converted none of them. <laughs> I understand. Like it was just him in the rim twice. Yeah. Three, right? three or four of them were, were tough, but two of them he certainly should have had. Like he he missed a dunk somehow, <laughs> and. Um, I think he missed, I think yeah. he has a balance issue. Like it's yeah. Like he's not. He just doesn't have like particularly great balance. But you know, it, when yeah. when he's not in the exact position he's used to being in, right? Especially on offense. It's it's just those like when you lose a game by two points, you know, like you go back and you think, what if? Like okay, you see all those things. Our, our free throws, we weren't great at the line. You know, we missed. Right, but Kansas again was two of seventeen from three, and a lot of them were yeah. open. So you know. They could easily say we should have won that game by 15. Right. You know, right. and if anything, the refing probably went in our favor. So, um, you didn't. Did you want to touch on uh, Duke and Draft Express? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's kind of muddled, but or muddied by the fact that 
We have injuries. Yeah. Um, right now they have Jason Tatum. That's three. I think yeah, third. Mm-hmm. Harry Giles five. Five. And uh, Bolden fifteenth. Fifteen. Yeah. Uh, and at one point, Giles and Tatum were two and three or one and three. Yeah, if you, if you look back just a couple of weeks, uh, you know, like maybe a month, Giles would be one, Tatum would be three, and Bolden was as high as eight. And, yeah. And just, just because of the injuries. And so this is free-flowing, it's fluid. Like I, I feel like the biggest part of that is just that they're seeing these these freshmen. You know, we haven't seen our freshmen. And so those rankings are going are going to reflect that. And then Grayson Allen is like uh, late first round, like 25, 22, 25, 27. I think right now they have him towards like 27 or 28, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Uh, uh, so this weekend, there are a couple of games. A couple of games this weekend against one's a known opponent, the other one's like a winner. It's like a small little tournament. Um, yes, yeah, I I, both did, on TV. I didn't know much about it, but it's apparently it's at Mohegan Sun. Oh, uh, the Saturday game is going to be early, and it's going to be against Penn State. And then the winner of that plays uh, most likely we're going to play Rhode Island, but I, I feel like the other team is ranked as well. So um, obviously it won't be as tough a matchup as Kansas, but they're still a, it's going to be a ranked team. It's going to be a very you know pretty good pretty good team. Looks like um, Penn State just beat Grand Canyon <laughs> this week. By nine? Grand Canyon's everywhere. They beat them by nine. They were up seven and a half time at home. So, yeah. Yeah, but that but that Sunday like game is not on a lot of schedules just because it's the... Because undetermined. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the follow-up game. But if you want to tune in, I think that game will also show us a lot in terms of uh, how we do against a, a, a ranked opponent that's just barely ranked. Um, I just I hope our players aren't gassed from playing every minute on the Saturday game. Yeah, maybe, maybe one of those guys in suits will be in uniform. Tatum, I'll take Jason yeah. Tatum, please. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you know, we ended up talking a little longer than I that I wanted to, or that I you know we we inflict right ourselves on people for. Where are, where are we? We're at forty seven minutes. Uh, we got we intended this to be thirty. I gotta I gotta go to an appointment, so we're gonna wrap this up real quick. But uh, good talking to you as always. Okay. Um, Me too. We'll uh, definitely not doing this until next week, sometime during Thanksgiving week. We'll talk about those games, and um, maybe we'll get into uh, some other things too. That's it. So, cool. Okay. Go Duke. Go Duke. Sayonara. Sayonara.